Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. Hello and welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I am Jim Galante along with T. Frank Carr. And T. Frank, we've got an hour of Penn State football talk and no one better to do that with than with you, my friend. Are you all ready to roll? I am. Thank you for the compliment. Let's get to it so we can prove whether you're right or not. <laughs> oh, you, you prove it every week, T. Frank. Before we get started, just another reminder, our good friends at New Trail Brewery, I've been talking about they've come out with their new brews every week. Uh, they have the great whiteout beer for those of us who are head out to Happy Valley for every home game. Enjoy that for our tailgates. One of our listeners, though, a good listener named Lee, sent me a note saying how he picks up his whiteout beer every time he goes out there, stops off at W.R. Hickey. But he reminds hey, Jim, how come you never mention Broken Heels? Probably New Trail's most popular IPA. He's right. I don't mention it. Lee, I'm mentioning it. You got to try the Broken Heels if you haven't already. It is their most popular IPA. And head out to your favorite place where you get your beers. Ask about Broken Heels if you haven't tried it. And tell them that Lee sent you, okay? Lee from <laughs> Pittsburgh. <laughs> See, that's a, how you... Does he get a sponsorship deal too now? I guess he does. I, I hadn't thought about that. Uh, it's an uncompensated endorsement. Sorry, Lee. Yeah. <laughs> you, your compensation is just the satisfaction that you let the world know about a good beer. All right? Let's move on, T. Frank. Let's start talking Penn State football. A lot to talk about with this Northwestern game. Obviously a very sloppy game, but that doesn't keep us from asking questions. We are going to reserve a whole segment, quarter number four, to talk about the play calling. So don't worry, we're going to get there. But I want to talk about the play of several individuals. We'll start on the offense. We'll start where we typically do, and mm -hmm. that is with Sean Clifford. And, and it's interesting, T. Frank, his interception... I now have your words echo in my brain every time I see uh, Sean Clifford throw the ball off his back foot as yeah. he did in that interception. Plus, he was throwing it across his body. It was a terrible pass. It was a terrible decision. At least that's my take on it. How about you? So I go back and forth on this one because all those things are true. And and by the way, the, the situation on that play is it's a designed rollout. He's got pressure in his face because Northwestern was ready for that. That was the main, that was the bulk of the offense last week was the play-action rollout game. So they were prepared for that. So kudos to them for forcing the situation. The receiver doesn't run a very good route. So Harrison Wallace, who's in the game for Keandre Lambert-Smith, he pulls up on his route. Um, and I know Dan Orlovsky pointed this out on the broadcast that he comes back towards the line of scrimmage when he's supposed to keep depth. I, I didn't see that as much. I think he was basically running down the, the first down marker. I think he was generally where he was supposed to be. But he saw he saw the player, you know, the, the zone dropper, and he 
let up. So if you're the quarterback and you struggle with anticipation and trust to begin with, and then somebody does that to you, I guess I'm I'm back and forth on that one. I give both players in this situation, I guess this is where I land, I give both players a share of the blame, but it was not solely the quarterback in this situation where you've got a guy that's supposed to be one place, he doesn't end up there, um, but the ball was high. Like if we're if we're talking about the where how the how the ball was thrown, if if the receiver's in the right place and Trey Wallace is in the right place, I still think it there's a chance it's intercepted because the ball was high. It was into an obvious coverage, and uh, I don't know that I, I I just it wasn't a great play all around by by any individual. I will concur on that, and it wasn't the only one, and. As I pointed out, we'll talk about play calling later, but I just have to ask. It seems like Clifford, in some of these plays, he's not put in a position to succeed. It's We talked about the cover zero Mm -hmm. the week before against Central Michigan. It's like he needs to take the top off the defense. But Sean Clifford's statistics downfield, anything beyond, what is it, 20 yards, he's... Mm -hmm three for 17 or some terrible number with that. So is this a situation where Sean Clifford just can't do that? Is it a situation where the receivers aren't getting separation? That was a 10-yard throw. So if he can't make a 10-yard throw, he definitely (laughs) needs to go to the bench. So that's that's the difference in this situation. That was not a downfield throw. Downfield, depending on who you talk to, is 15 or 20 yards down the field, where it's a deep completion that – has a significant chunk of yardage attached to it. This was just a standard rollout. And like I said, it worked last week. It was a part of their game plan. They were very run heavy to begin the game. And so you're expecting at some point to get a boot off of that. That play naturally flows off what they were doing in the game. So to call that play, they got, I think it was eight out of 10 of those last week or or something like that. They it was a good completion percentage, but Northwestern was ready for it. Northwestern's allowed to make plays. They're allowed to be smart and good at football in certain situations. And I think they proved that they had a equally good game plan coming in, considering the weather was a factor in kind of the overall scheme of what was going on. And I know we're talking about that in the fourth quarter, but the weather did have a factor on what Penn State was doing in the game. Let's do the general question then. Sean Clifford, I think his numbers were 10 for 20. Was it about 150 yards total? Give me your assessment. Give me your grade for his performance. So I go back and forth on this one. He was largely a passenger on Saturday. He threw 20 passes. They ran the ball 50-plus times. He threw 10 passes in the second half. So And they ran the ball 31 times. That is not enough for him to make a difference significantly in a negative way. However, he was bad. He went 3 of 10 in the second half. You can't say in meaningful... If you're going to run that game script, the quarterback then has to hit the passes because he's only got 10 of them. You don't have any makeup ground. So uh, he was bad, and his pocket presence wasn't good. His deep passing game was not good. But overall, he shepherded the offense through the plays to get them the win. And that's why, to me, he's coming out of this game talking about Sean Clifford first is what we always do, but it's because it's Sean Clifford. It's not that 
It's not that it's uh, necessarily the quarterback performance in that game, which you can have a subpar game in the rain and somebody else would be forgiven for it, but because you've watched Sean Clefford do this for four years, now it's, we're not talking about four fumbles, or however many it was, we're talking about Sean Clifford's seven incompletions. So I, I, I struggle with where to land on this, and I, I had a hard time earlier this week. I, I, I have not nailed the conversation around Sean Clifford once so far post-game, because I didn't give him enough of the blame initially after the game. I overcompensated on our Monday live show, I feel like, and I expressed the same frustration as fans who are fed up with watching Sean Clifford, because when you go back and you watch the, the mistakes he's making, these are not veteran mistakes. These are not, oh, okay, I was put in a tough situation. These are, my pocket presence is bad, and I don't get to the backside of my read without scrambling for some reason, and I destroy clean pockets, and I try to run, or I, I, my fundamentals are bad, or I'm throwing a pass while hopping because I felt pressure from behind me instead of sidestepping in a clean pocket and throwing a ball to Parker Washington. So those plays didn't necessarily, they all matter, right? All of the plays matter. But at the same time, uh, the four fumbles mattered more. All the way down to you gave Northwestern one final shot when Catron Allen fumbled in the fourth quarter and the game was already over. Like they were down two scores, but you gave them the ball back anyway just to see if they could do something with it. So it was an ugly win. The quarterback played ugly. The offense played ugly, but they won 17 to 7. And I don't know. Like I still haven't been able to do the laundry on that. I've been one of Sean Clifford's defenders. I've not been the guy who says, hey, let's move on to, to Drew Aller. But that doesn't mean I'm not disappointed when a six-year guy makes some of the decisions he's been making. Let's talk about the running backs a bit, T. Frank. And I wouldn't get your take on how they play outside of the fumbles. I, I know that's kind of like, out, outside of that, Mrs. Lincoln, how'd you like to play? I get that right. the fumbles were the story. But did they, did especially the freshmen, Catron Allen, Nick Singleton, did they still play with that same promise we felt about them for the first several weeks of the season? So to start the game, Nick Singleton had almost 80 yards in the first half. So let's just play that string out. Catron Allen comes back in the second half. Maybe he uh, has less yardage, but he's still, getting, he's still getting to 100 yards. He's still going to get to 100 yards because he had runs of 10, 10, and 19 in the first half. And then he went to the bench for a quarter and a half. Uh, he would have been. He, it would have been another good day. It would have been a mature football game from him, where maybe he didn't hit the home run, but he was hitting enough runs where he was doing everything right, and he was getting to the point. And Penn State was opening up holes in the weakness of Northwestern. Northwestern's team speed is not very good, and they overset on some plays, and they give you the opportunity for cutbacks and explosive runs. They couldn't make the safety miss again this week. But they were still, the offense was operating, the plays were working. And then they fumbled, and they fumbled, and they fumbled. And your speed option went to the bench. So then you're down to one running back, Kevon Lee, for uh, you know the second quarter. And then you bring in Katron Allen in the third. Katron Allen played well. Uh, he broke tackles. He had great vision once again. But by that point in the game... If you haven't scored any points and you're not forcing Northwestern to over-adjust in any way, pass or run, uh, outside or inside, they're going to catch on to what you're trying to do. And at a certain point, you're just 
you're operating your offense based on what you were trying to do in the game, but you're also just running plays because there aren't that many plays in the playbook, right? Like, you you didn't come into the game with 58 run plays that were all individual and unique to this game, that were all specially designed to beat Northwestern. So at some point, you're going to be repeating stuff from the first quarter. At some point, you're going to be running base offense. And Northwestern, you you walked into the strength of the team there. And they were still able to put up 220 yards and suffocate, sit on the ball, and get an old-school win for Penn State and help out the defense that way. Which is all the old heads that are angry about all this stuff. I'm like, guys, this is your this is your this is your moment. It was a rainy Big Ten slugfest, two defenses battling it out, and Penn State was the superior team with masculinity in the trenches. I thought that's what we were going for, and that's what you got on Saturday. For us old guys, that should be our jam, right? Yeah, our... should be singing today. <laughs> All right, T. Frank, that's it for quarter number one. Quarter number two, we're going to talk about those defensive players. Stay tuned. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands as well as weekly experimental recipes. New Trail Broken Heels is Pennsylvania's favorite local hazy IPA. This beer is smooth and full-bodied. Hand-selected citra hops lead to notes of bright clementine and juicy ruby red grapefruit. Broken Heels is perfect for a pregame tailgate all the way through the victory celebration. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results, located right here in State College. Whether it's workstation, server and network installation, problem solving and maintenance, security assessments, or general evaluations, we are your complete IT partner. Learn more at TechResults.com. That's T-E-K Results.com. Or call us at 814-206-0000. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante along with T. Frank Carr. It is quarter number two of our show. Quick reminder, it's a bye week, then an away game at Michigan, but then comes up a couple home games, a couple big ones, whiteout versus Minnesota. Then, of course, Ohio State comes to town. 
if you're still looking for a place to stay for one of those big games, go PSURV.com, and I stopped off to see them this past weekend. They have just a couple openings for you. So if you're interested, check in with Mark at 800-519-8467. It's an absolute fun place to spend the weekend for a game. And when there's the big games, you get the full crowd there. It is doubly fun. Check it out. Again, if you're interested, go PSURV.com and call 800-519-8467. All right, T. Frank. We spent the first quarter talking offense. We're going to get defense, but I want one last offense question if I can. Quick mm-hmm. evaluation of the offensive line playing in the slop. Portions of them were good. I thought the right side did a good job. Caden Wallace had a bounce back game, uh, but the left side struggled. Olaf Ashanu, especially, I thought had a subpar performance for his potential and his ability. And then a little bit of up and down from Landon Tangwall. He was good, and he had some key blocks, and I think he... Overall, it was a step in the right direction, but still, sometimes at the point of attack, he was stood up and, and walked back a little bit. So that still is a mystery to me. Of He seems like a very different player than he was last season, and uh, you know his development this year is going to go a long way in stabilizing that unit. It's interesting. It's every week. It's, it's just random. Who has the good game? Who has the poor game? I'm, I'm interested. Which, what's going to happen first? They all have a good game or they all have a bad game? We'll see which of those happens first, T. Frank. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's move on to the defensive side of the ball because they were the stars of this game. Again, I know it was sloppy. I know that's what the Northwestern offense was up against. I had the sense for a while there that we could still be playing that game and Northwestern wasn't going to score again. It, uh, it was a tremendous performance, as you said, kind of the old school type of thing. Since we're talking old school, let's talk about the old school type of position, defensive uh, tackle. I thought both P.J. Mustafer and Akeem Beeman had really nice games. What did you see from them? Yeah, but can they do it against Michigan? Can they do it again? That. Uh... I, I I have a lot of opinions about how we have treated the Penn State defense over the last couple of weeks because uh, it was kind of the same thing where Northwestern was driving to get their second score of the game in the fourth quarter and people were mad at the defense. They were going to get maybe 10 points and they pushed for 14 and got zero in the fourth quarter. Penn State's offense was the issue on Saturday. Um the defense had a performance that was suffocating, it was dominant, and it was complete. And it, I understand there were some leaky parts of coverage, and I went all over all of that in my film studies. And But the point is, the, they, they went three and out on the first five possessions, and one of them ended in an interception. If Penn State's offense, and again, this is always going to tie back, if Penn State's offense is competent through that game, and they're up 21, or they, you go up 24 to nothing if you score... Uh, you know, on three of those drives in the first half. So this was a dominant performance. P.J. Mustafer had a game, a vintage P.J. Mustafer game, where he was quick, disruptive, athletic, and he stood some guys up at the point of attack and and was, was pretty dominant in the trenches. Uh, I know his PFF grade was not quite that because there, there are times where he gets pushed out of the, the gap and sometimes that he loses to double teams. But eight tackles, several stops, he was what they needed him to be. And Keem Beam was in the same situation of, 
this was a group that was more athletic and more tenacious than their opponent, and they took it to them. And that's bottom line. They, they shut down the Northwestern running game. When we talk about the defensive line, a name, I don't know if I've ever used Nick Tarburton's name in our review this season, yeah. ever. And maybe I'm just getting excited about one play, the play where he he beats his man, strip sack, and he looked like Chop Robinson or Adisa Isaac or one of these other style defensive ends. Am I wrong to get excited about that play from Nick Tarburton? You should be excited about it. I would not expect that more, I guess is what I would say. So he came up with a timely pressure. It was uh, an excellent play. He deserves all the credit in the world. I wouldn't expect that to continue. I would expect that Penn State is going to need to rely on the people they need to rely on in future games because this is the DNA of this offense. Is that they are a good run def- They're a good run blocking unit. They work well together. They're coordinated. They're tough. They're physical. They're smart. But kind of like Iowa lines in the past, where I've said like you know they've got one pass protector that's great most likely. But you can get to these guys if you force them into third and long. They are not elite pass protectors. And that's kind of the same thing here with this offensive line. That right tackle routinely gave up pressures like that throughout the season. And Tarburton took advantage of it. So he did a great job. But this is kind of... This is the point that I wanted to make about the defense all week. Is that this offense was not good. Right? I think we all knew that coming into the game. But then they don't get credit for absolutely wrecking it. The strength of what this uh, Northwestern team can do is run the football. And they came out in a situation where the weather was a factor, and they were stronger, they were more physical, and they beat up on every single one of those offensive linemen, including Peter Skaronsky. So this was a dominant performance, and when you got when you're in a situation where Nick Tarburton is getting clean wins and getting the quarterback for strip sacks, you are operating at a higher level than just we're beating this team. This team has nothing, and and everybody knows it, and that's where they were on Saturday. Once Penn State was finally able to get their second touchdown of the game, there was no coming back for this for this team. Once Ryan Helinski had to throw the football, it was game over, and it was game over in the second quarter. We just had to sit through 30 more minutes of a the remnants of a hurricane to get to the end of the, the game. T. Frank, um, I talked to my buddies about the game, and they'll ask me about certain players or how individuals played, and I'll say, well, I think this, but I don't know for sure until I talk to T. Frank. One of the guys that I've just think has raised the level of his game it feels like is Jair Brown mm-hmm. uh, not just defensively deep where he gets an interception or that type of play but he's up in the box it seems like all the time making plays is my layperson assessment of him accurate yep and that's his role this year so that's an area where I asked him early in the season like how do you feel about tackling in space and are you doing it more now or are you doing it more when you were a free safety and you're in more space? And he's make, he his job is to patrol the underneath coverage and, and make plays there. And he's doing it. And he's getting more comfortable each week of not just getting the tackle but making a play. Now, again, trying to balance this out of that team had very few athletes that were any good. Like, they lacked team speed. But Tig Brown was great. 
and he was great the week before, and he's gotten better and better throughout the season. He's He's been able to put key pressures on the quarterback. He's becoming better as a blitzer, getting to the quarterback and putting pressures on the quarterback so that his teammates can go get interceptions. And then when he's in deep coverage, he's doing the same thing he was before. So he's showing that he can be a complete safety from from 30 yards off the line of scrimmage to behind the line of scrimmage. That level of consistency and, and showing that level of his game is where we were with Jaquan Brisker last season. And I think we're getting to a similar point where we're seeing the multi, multifaceted talent that is Jair Brown. And it is a huge benefit to the defense that he is acclimating to that role which is new in a new defense. So all of that stuff is pretty hard to master, and he seems to be taking to it pretty well, especially in the last couple of weeks. He really has. Uh, now, I was reading one of your evaluations of the performance for for the defense, and you said if there's one area that they're still struggling with, it's the short passing game. Tell me about that, T. Frank. Communication seems to be the issue, um, and it's, it's, not, it's a couple – Areas in general, like general areas they've struggled with, communication, pre-snap of uh, what are we doing here when it comes to rub routes? Because when you're playing as much man coverage as they are and you're blitzing as much, one of the ways to get guys open is to cross receivers and make the, the defensive backs either bubble over, uh, kind of like a pick in basketball, or run straight into the guy, kind of like a pick in basketball. So there's legal and illegal ones for the offense to run, but for the most part, offense gets away with you know, legal picks all the time. And uh, the defense needs to understand, are we staying with our man and we're playing through that, or are we switching? And that's an area where I think the communication has been strained. Uh, and generally trying to get everybody lined up. I know in the in the second half there was a lot more motions and shifts, and there was a lot more confusion. And that is an area where I think that they uh, still need to clean some stuff up. And then generally, in this situation of you've got a Mike linebacker covering Evan Hall, who's out in the flat, and, and you're going to give up those yards. There are some plays, Tyler Elsden giving up a touchdown last week, is the Mike linebacker flowing to the sideline. This is one of the reasons they want Abdul Carter in that role. Of They need man coverage and speed at every single position, and neither Kobe King or Tyler Elsden have elite speed. So, you know, good players that are playing well, but these are the areas in the short passing game that are going to continue to uh, hurt the Nittany Lions if they, you know, if they don't get better at these things. And then communication, this is an area I want to bring this up because uh, the touchdown to that Northwestern scored in that game. There's a lot of debate about who it's on officially by everyone else but me. It was on Abdul Carter. And this is an area, again, where what is the what is the call? We've got to know what the call is in the situation of it was a cover four defense. Every other player was playing a regular drop zone except for Marquise Wilson. So were they switching? And was that a miscommunication where, where Abdul Carter was supposed to take the vertical receiver? Or was Marquise Wilson wrong for taking the guy that was on the slant route or on the on the uh, under route? officially it's on Abdul Carter, but again, the communication and the, the breakdown is such that you can't really tell. I put that on Wilson. Everyone else puts that on Carter. And, you know, I, I think that that's kind of indicative of what we're talking about here is that, that with some of those younger guys being in the game, you need to button up those areas so that it's a clean read and we all know what we're doing and we're on the same page and there's no busted coverage for a touchdown. In watching that game, that play, 
it looked like Abdul Carter definitely was doing something different than Marquise Wilson was. He didn't yeah. expect to have to cover that receiver deep. So it wasn't a physical mistake. It was a mental mistake, definitely, in my opinion, somewhere. Yeah. Oh, 100%. 100%. All right, that's it for quarter number two. Stick around. Quarter number three, your questions, and we ask T. Frank. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands, as well as weekly experimental recipes. And next time you're watching the game with friends or by the campfire, pick up the New Trail Hoppy Variety Pack. New Trails Hoppy Pack is an absolute crowd pleaser. Packed with four different hoppy beers, it's sure to please everyone. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with GoPSURV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with GoPSURV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results. Located right here in State College, we specialize in providing assistance with many third-party software suites. Our clients include doctor's offices, lawyers, construction companies, and even hairdressers. We provide help with their industry-specific software. Learn more at TechResults.com. That's T-E-K Results. Dot com or give us a call at 814-206-0000. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante. I'm with T. Frank Carr. It's quarter number three, so you know what that means. It's time for us to take your questions, and we ask T. Frank. This is where you can participate in the show. Download our app, Keystone Sports. You'll see the Ask T. Frank button. And just to clarify also, I've been asked about this. I've had it stay Ask Ross with the other button. It's now changed to say Ask Andy. i got to check to see if it's been updated yet on the app. So you could send in your Ask Andy questions for later in the week. Anyway, with T. Frank here today, we will pick out the best question. And you win a prize pack from our good friends at New Trail Brewery. Some great New Trail stuff that they send out for you. No, they are not going to send beer out to you. As much as you might like that. I've been asked that a couple times, T. Frank. No, we are not shipping beer to you, okay? But, Bummer. Makes sense, well, though. 
<laughs> some great, some great uh, a new trail swag, though. I know I wear my new trail shirt all the time. It says Body by Hazy IPA. <laughs> and anyone who has seen me knows it's an accurate T-shirt. Truth in advertising, that's called, T. Frank. Yep. So let's hit the questions. Let's start with Andrew in San Marcos, California. He says, hey, T. Frank, is there something about Clifford's play that us normal fans just don't see that keep him in there? Is he making pre-snap reads, getting us in and out of plays? Is the playbook limited with Aller? Seems like this year's version of the offense is driven by the run, regardless of which quarterback, with just some timely passes. In, pra- in brackets, he says, that should be completed. Mm-hmm. Love the show. Thank you, Andrew. So there are some parts of this I just can't answer, Andrew, because I, I'm not in team meetings to know what parts of the playbook are or are not present with Drew Aller. Because I've seen the only thing I've seen of him is what you've seen of him, aside from, you know, the highlights I get from when we watch practice. And even then I share those on YouTube. So you see everything I see. And I, I don't really have an answer for that in terms of, you know, comparatively. But. This is the way I phrased it the other day, is Nick Singleton the last two games, and I feel like I'm beating him up this week, and I don't mean to, and it's unfair. Uh, but he's played like a freshman, and the reason it's the reason we're talking about it is because he's so important to the team. His ability to hit big runs is the, is the offense, right? It is the differentiating spark this year. Uh, and when they don't have it, it's obvious that they don't have it. So Catron Allen, he plays like a freshman. He fumbles. Deny Dennis Sutton is playing well, but he uh, spider monkey climbs on the back of the quarterback and, and gets a pass inter- <laughs> uh, gets a, you know, gets a penalty. Uh, penalty. Abdul Carter uh, looks a little lost. I think he has his freshman moment. You can recover from those guys playing like freshmen. Freshmen are going to freshmen. You can't recover from your quarterback having a freshman game because that means he's throwing the ball to the other team regularly. And even the running back, you can cycle at the running back and there's another one. If you're cycling out the quarterback, it's just a larger mental workload. It is a larger situation to be in. Bringing Clifford back off the bench would be easier, you know, if if Aller's struggling. But then you're in that environment, right? Then you're you know cycling quarterbacks in and out. You have a two quarterback system. All that stuff is just a mess. So from that perspective, and this is the, I guess the insight I can give you is that from Clifford's play. He has the ability to play better than he has been playing. And this is the part, again, that I don't feel like I've nailed this week is the last two weeks he's been bad. And the week before he did nothing, you know, because they were able to run the ball explosive plays. He made some timely plays in a reception and stuff like that. But he he needs to be a passenger on this offense, much like he was in 2019, much like he was in his first season starting. And he was starting to play well in that Minnesota game before uh, some of the receivers and, and the situation in the late in that game where he threw an interception and the game is over. So he is capable of playing at a high enough level to operate this offense in a dynamic way, or at least in a way to accentuate its dynamism. But last week was not the week to do that because of the rain, and the week before he struggled. So it's just been a while since we've seen it, but it could pop up again next week. You know, it could pop up again in Minnesota. It does. There are certain schemes in place, plays and games that he plays well against, and uh, it hasn't been recently. 
in quarter number four, we are going to talk about the play calling, and I'm going to save my question for then about what the coaches could do to help Sean Clifford as far as play calling. Uh, let's go. Our next question is from Jim in Biglerville. I met Jim at the game this past weekend, T. Frank, and I told him he should send in a question. Jim took, took instructions very well, sent us the question. He says, considering the bad weather had a lot to do with the results of that game, what and where was the worst weather conditions that a Penn State football team has ever played a game in, and what was the score for those games? I don't know how far back you go, T. Frank. Do you have any bad weather games from Penn State that you recall? Just the ones that I've covered. Uh, and then, well, there was one that I attended as a student. I think it was 2009 against Iowa. It was a very similar game, very rainy and very cold. I think it was a little bit later in October. I had a friend visiting, and her lips were were purple. So, like, she was in the <laughs> beginning stages of hypothermia. So we actually had to leave early so that she didn't, like, lose a finger or something to the cold. Uh, so that the uh, mine are all anecdotal, and, and they're not very far back. I still think about last year that Michigan State game was a, a huge effect on the game plan. And I think there was a similar, a similar comparison where Penn State wasn't going to throw the ball until they were forced to, and they were never forced to in the game because Northwestern couldn't score points. So they were the coaching staff was happy to be conservative and keep the ball on the ground. But th those are well, kind of my reference points. I, I go back a little bit further. There are a couple games. I know it's funny when you talk to longtime fans and you ask about memorable games. It's the bad weather games that they remember, and it's more yeah. the weather than the game. I know yeah. there were a couple Notre Dame games. That there was one, and I looked up to just see if I could get the years correct. But in 1987, uh, Penn State beat Notre Dame, and they said the wind chill was below zero, and may have even reached like minus 20. And Penn State won that one, 21-20. But for the Notre Dame game, and I, I just remembered one where there was similar to what you described, a cold rain. And I don't know if I've ever been more cold in my life sitting on those metal bleachers. The water, just you're just soaking wet head to yeah. toe. And it was against Notre Dame. And I looked it up. The game apparently was in 1985. And Penn State won 36-6. to And nobody would leave. Because <laughs> you have the team rolling against Notre Dame. You don't leave that no matter what the weather. Yeah. And the other weather game I think that a lot of folks remember, and I I would have said, gee, it was just a few years back. No, it was more than a few years. It was, it was actually nineteen ninety five. It was we had a freak <laughs> we had a freak snowstorm against Michigan. Uh -huh. And they even brought in some prisoners to do the shoveling off of the bleachers. And yeah. if you could picture this, T. Frank, you're sitting on the cold bleachers, which has been shoveled, but where your feet rest was not shoveled. So your knees were up around your chest because your your feet were on top of like a foot or two of snow. And yeah. my feet were never so cold ever. And Penn State did win that game. All right, let's move on to uh, our next question. Let's go to Randy in Binghamton who says, with the high praise Will Levis is getting, are the coaches who failed to develop him at Penn State gone, or will this happen again? I, I, Randy here is really condemning the coaching staff. 
as far as Will Levis goes. I'm not sure if that's accurate or not. This is why we ask you, though, T. Frank. Oh, does it matter? Uh, because, uh, again, Randy has decided uh, how he feels about Will Levis and Sean Clifford. And I'm right now I'm just pulling up Will Levis's stats here just so that everyone knows what's actually going on with Will Levis. Now, last year he had a breakout season, 24 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. This year, and take it or leave it, his PFF grade is much worse. His deep passing is down. The problems that he has with accuracy on deep balls, they're showing up this year because it's a more erratic stat. He is not exceptionally better than Sean Clifford, but he's obviously better than Sean Clifford at the deep ball. He's overall, is he the better quarterback between the two? Yes, he's the better quarterback between the two. But I don't know that I saw anything, and I watched, I went back and I watched every single pass going back to his high school tape about Will Levis to see, like, what did I miss? Because I didn't think he had the instincts to play quarterback. I thought he was a, you know, kind of a uh, run-first sort of guy. There there was very little evidence that Will Levis was going to turn into what he became at Kentucky. Now, did he get more opportunities in Kentucky and, you know, they didn't pull him at the first sign of danger? Yes, he, he actually had somebody stick with him and let him work through some things, but... He's not playing demonstrably better than Sean Clifford this year. That is that is not accurate. His team is also good right now. They're winning. I don't. Did they lost to Ole Miss or Mississippi this past yeah. weekend? I don't know. I don't. I, I hate doing this because it's so circumstantial. Um, and no, the coaches are not going to be fired. You're not going to get your pound of flesh. You are not going to get your blood. They are going to continue to have their jobs. And uh, as soon as Drowler is good, you won't care. And by the way, uh, Will Levis made a couple critical errors late in the game that, you know, my question to all of the why didn't we keep uh, Will Levis and get rid of Sean Clifford crew is if Sean Clifford had made the mistakes that Will Levis made this past week, how would you react to that? Let's sneak in one more question. Sam from Mechanicsburg asked, with the rain, why didn't any of the skill players except a few wear gloves? Uh, would yeah. they have helped in those conditions Saturday and prevented some of the fumbles? This is something that has not been talked about enough because this is absolutely a factor in the game. The gloves actually are worse. So when it's very wet, the gloves become s- slip, uh, very slick, and they're much more slippery. So now you've got guys that have worn gloves their whole life not wearing gloves. If you watched Northwestern, they had five drops. Penn State had four fumbles, and also they had some drops. So not wearing gloves and the weather was absolutely a factor in the game, and I think that this is a great question. I'm just calling it right now. This is our winner question because it was a hugely underrated part of the game that guys who are used to wearing gloves were not wearing gloves, and guys who were used to playing with certain conditions could not play that way. And the guys that are, I think you saw Parker Washington was very reliable, and was, you know, used to those things. But that was a huge factor for both teams, and it caused a lot of the issues outside of just the weather affecting the field turf. It was also affecting the players and their gear. That is it. Sam's our winner. And by the way, I think wrapping two arms around the ball was the bigger variable with the fumbles. Stick around. We have more to go in quarter number four. 
New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands as well as weekly experimental recipes. New Trail Broken Heels is Pennsylvania's favorite local hazy IPA. This beer is smooth and full-bodied. Hand-selected citra hops lead to notes of bright clementine and juicy ruby red grapefruit. Broken Heels is perfect for a pregame tailgate all the way through the victory celebration. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results, located right here in State College. Whether it's workstation, server and network installation, problem solving and maintenance, security assessments, or general evaluations, we are your complete IT partner. Learn more at TechResults.com. That's T-E-K Results.com. Or call us at 814-206-0000. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number four. I am Jim Galanti along with T. Frank Carr. Just to reiterate, in case there was any confusion, our winner in our Ask T. Frank segment was Sam from Mechanicsburg. Sam, we will be getting in touch with you with your uh, New Trail Brewery prize pack. All right, T. Frank, I teased this earlier in the show. We're going to talk play calling this quarter because I got a lot of questions for you. I'm going to start with this. Understood it was a sloppy day. You maybe want to emphasize the running game more. There were 58 rushes compared to 20 passes. Was that the right proportions for this game? I don't. They won the game, right? And I think if you were asked the coaching staff, yes, those are the right proportions because we won the game. Uh, going back to what we said about the weather games, uh, James Franklin has been rather conservative in the weather games because, and I'm assuming this is a turnover issue. When you throw the football in the wet weather, I don't think Sean Clifford has a particularly strong arm or a particularly good grip. So I saw noticeable the ball came out a little soft out of his hand. I don't know if that's particularly the issue or if it was literally just that it was potentially hurricane-level rain. But that's the reality of where they ended up was that was the plan going in. We're going to run the ball a lot because of the weather. 
There's also some parts about the uh, defense for Northwestern we can get into that I think are influenced the type of throws they did make an attempt that probably make it seem different and worse. And I think where I'm trying to predict where you're going with some of these questions about play calling. Well, let me go into my personal pet peeve. Even more than that proportion of uh, running to passing 58 to 20 is I do believe you can't go without passing the ball at all, even in this type of weather. Mm-hmm. So my question is, why don't you pass when it's easiest to accomplish it, which I personally think would be on first down, mm-hmm. you have a better chance there. Towards that end, here, uh, as far as I could tell, I don't have perfect statistics, but on 34 first down plays, Penn State ran the ball 27 times. Here's mm-hmm. what happened, though, when they did pass the ball on first down. They were actually 5 for 7 and had completions of 10, 12, 20, and 15 yards included. They were successful passing the ball on first down. Mm-hmm. So, and, and a lot of them, uh, at least I think three of them, were those little wide receiver screens, which I don't have a problem with doing that. Sean Clifford seems to get the ball out quickly and doesn't have his same issues. Why didn't they do that more, T. Frank? So a lot of that is dictated by the defense. Uh, in RPO and read option football, the defense, whether it's the, the read defender or on RPOs or whether it's the read defender in read option, their action dictates what you do. And for a good part of the game, Northwestern, and this is pretty typical of what they do, is they had a linebacker shaded over towards the receiver formation into the boundary or into the flat. So they were dictating, we're going to give you numbers in the box, and you're going to run the football. So a lot of that is situational in that aspect, where that's Sean Clifford. That's the, that is the, um, the part of the game you don't see, because we all are going by results-based, not about you know the pre-snap understanding of formations and strengths and things like that. So that's one aspect of it. And if you were to ask me, in terms of if you had a criticism or if you had a, a, something that you would have done differently is I would have done less RPO and just throw the football, you know, uh, 10 yards, slant, whatever you might want to do. But in general, the Northwestern defense is built to stop the pass the way they're schematically framed. So that was they're going to give you the run. They're going to goad you into running and they're going to take away the other things you want to do, especially they know the weather. So they're going to let you run into the strength of the defense and try and take away what they might not have, which is an advantage out in the flat where you've got better athletes out there if you're Penn State. So they are going to deny it by scheme and numbers. And then, you know, we get the game that we got. Sometimes I didn't I thought there were fewer called passes than maybe I would have done, but I also understand what you're trying to accomplish in this situation. When we talk about Sean Clifford, and help me with this, T. Frank, there are certain things, if it's been determined at least statistically or from scouting, that uh, Sean Clifford struggles with the deep ball. Yeah. Are there things where you say he's good at this kind of passing game and the coaches could be coaching towards that, towards his strengths when throwing the ball. 
but then you're saying, okay, so we're going to take away an entire part of the field, and we just can't do that. You so Sean Clifford is not good at throwing vertical routes. You know, go routes, nine balls. The one he misses to um, Mitchell Tinsley in the game. He's struggled for three seasons at throwing that particular route. He throws a good crossing route, and this is typical of most quarterbacks that struggle with the deep ball. Is it, it, it is an easier? I think it's an easier view. And it's an easier understanding of angles to throw a deep crosser than it is to throw a vertical route. But you can't abandon attacking a certain part of the field. And in this particular game, the way that Northwestern's defense works, they run a mat like this is what I've seen on film and this is kind of what they were trying to do. And Penn State's plan of attack aligned with what I saw pregame when I was scouting this team is they run with a, a, a cover four but they match receivers. So the outside corner is matched with the outside receiver. Wherever he goes, that's where that corner goes. But they're in a zone, so if you know that guy stays low, he stays in his zone. If he goes deep, then you match him that way. So what that does is you can manipulate where the safeties are based on your alignment and what routes you run. So Penn State was trying to, in this game, move the safeties and then hit deep shots on deep crossers to Parker Washington. They hit one for 30-some yards, and then the other one, Sean Clifford refused to come off his first read when it wasn't there, and he knew, nearly threw the interception uh, to Parker Washington. So I agree with the game plan. The game plan that they had from a running perspective and from a passing perspective, it all made sense. It was all smart. It was all based on manually moving the safeties and dictating where they are. If you can decide where the defense is aligning, you have a massive advantage as the offense. And that's what you can force that particular scheme to do. The problem was they did not break tackles when they got their running backs to the safeties, which they did multiple times in the first half. They didn't score those points that way. And it was too wet and rainy, and Sean Clifford does struggle with the deep ball, so they decided, we're getting the looks we want in the run game. Let's keep with that. And then they tried a couple times to hit the deep shots, and it didn't. It for the most part, it did not work. But that was the game plan going in, because that's the weakness of that team. So the thing I wanted to learn from this game: Can Penn State successfully attack the weakness of a team if it is in the secondary? If it is a weakness in explosive passing downfield? We were never going to learn that because of the game plan. So to me, that's the thing I took. I want to know if the defense could shut down an offense that wasn't any good. Check. Can the offense throw the deep ball when given the opportunity against a susceptible unit? Don't know yet. Can't can't learn that in that situation. So that's my read on the offense, is from the play-calling perspective, the plan going in and what Northwestern does, the conditions are perfect for them in that game. And they still gave up 220 yards rushing. Penn State went into the strength of their team and one, they ran when everyone knew they were going to run, and they still move the ball effectively. If they don't fumble four times, they win 24-7, to seven, or maybe even less. Maybe they get a shutout because there's more game pressure on Northwestern to throw the ball deep. But all of those things factor together to bring you to a final conclusion. Are there tweaks and things you could have done differently? Yes, there's always tweaks and things you could have gone done differently. But if you know what the kind of the attack plan should be, and you can't do it, I don't know what you're supposed to do then. Always, T. Frank, as you said, you could look back at a game after you know the results and say, oh, I might do something differently. And there's no doubt it, those fumbles hurt the offense. 
and they were going to beat this Northwestern team no matter what. Obviously, they had five turnovers and still beat them. If they hold on to the ball a little better, you know, this might be a 31 to 7 game and we wouldn't have as many issues as we did. The other factor, though, that I, I wonder about is on the read options, and I'm not calling it RPO, but say a zone read where, uh, Sean Clifford either gives it to the running back or he could carry it himself. Yeah, yeah. It seems like he's no longer a threat to carry the ball himself. Yeah. There's a couple of different things at play here. The first is you do have Nick Singleton in the backfield. So are you going to keep the ball when Nick Singleton can have the ball? So that's one factor. Uh, And secondly, in those situations, are you making the right decision? And I think that's a very fair criticism coming out of this game is uh, Sean Clifford. Talk about short passing game. There were a couple of uh, RPOs. RPOs, read options, two different things. One is the run game. One is a pass built off of the run game, just so that everyone listening is clear. There were passes to Parker Washington that he could have thrown that he did not, and he gave the ball to Nick Singleton. So in some of those situations, it's fourth and one, and you're giving the ball to Catron Allen to get one yard. Is that the right decision, or should you have thrown the ball to the receiver who potentially could have gotten 25 yards, but also potentially could have dropped the ball and you you uh, turn over the ball on downs? There were a couple of plays, though, where there was no respect for the quarterback run game, and the defense was selling out to stop Nick Singleton, and if Sean Clifford keeps that ball, then you have a bigger run play. That is absolutely something that I saw in the game in certain situations. The pitch play out into the flat where they just pitched the ball to him, that is a quarterback run that is designed for the quarterback. And there was no read by the quarterback because the pulling guard has the linebacker, If and if that read defender, the defensive end, if he expands with the running back, that you fake the pitch and you run, and he never even considered faking the pitch. It's just get Nick Singleton the ball into the boundary and let him run really fast. He got seven yards. But could you have gotten more with Clifford? And if you're a Penn State fan, how many times have you seen Clifford make the right read in that situation and still not really run the ball correctly? So I (laughs) I go back and forth on this, but it is absolutely a part of the game that is missing for the Nittany Lions and a way that teams are stymieing and getting more guys rallying to the running backs in, in a disadvantage for that player who then looks bad. And the other part to Clifford not um, running the ball, you're right. I'd rather have Nick Singleton run the ball. However, I want the defense to respect that the quarterback might keep it, and that will be to Nick Singleton's advantage the next time he is given the ball. Unfortunately, T. Frank, that is it. We are out of time. Thanks, as always, for your expertise, and thank you all for listening. Make sure you join us next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands, as well as weekly experimental recipes. And next time you're watching the game with friends or by the campfire, pick up the New Trail Hoppy Variety Pack. New Trail's Hoppy Pack is an absolute crowd pleaser. Packed with four different hoppy beers, it's sure to please everyone. 
It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSURV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSURV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results. Located right here in State College, we specialize in providing assistance with many third-party software suites. Our clients include doctor's offices, lawyers, construction companies, and even hairdressers. We provide help with their industry-specific software. Learn more at TechResults.com. That's T-E-K Results. Dot com or give us a call at 814-206-0000.